0: I am Anthony Scaramucci, and you may know me from my career on Wall Street or my 11 days in the White House. They say you can't teach an old dog new tricks, but I'll tell you, if you read books, you can. I love to read, and my new podcast, Open Book, is about just that. Each book is this curated source of knowledge, which we can buy for $10 and digest in 10 hours. Together with some of the brightest minds and authors out there, I'll turn the pages on everything from history and psychology to finance and tech. You can find Open Book with Anthony Scaramucci on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. Hey, everybody, it's Joe Trippy, and welcome back to That Trippy Show. This week, Joe Biden makes it official, announcing his campaign for president. You have questions, I'll try to get to some of them. One of which I'm pretty sure is coming up, and I'm probably already mad just thinking about it. Surprising news out of Fox, Tucker's out. And what does that mean, and what's next for him? Plus, a leak out of a high-level Republican donor retreat You have to hear to believe. Now, I don't think... Well, I'm not sure it makes sense that you have to hear it to believe it. it. There's not a whole lot that they say that you have to believe. But anyway, here we go. Oh, you know, there was one sad uh, for me and friends of this pod that work on it. A lot of us were pretty close friends of uh, Jerry Springer over the years. I first met Jerry in 1981. I remember... My boss in the Kennedy uh, campaign, Mike Ford, I was out in Los Angeles, and he had me collecting checks for Jerry's campaign, I think at the time, for governor of Ohio. And uh, back then, you could meet somebody at the gate as they were switching planes. I don't remember where, where Jerry was coming from, but he was switching planes in, at LAX to, to, to head, head back to Ohio. And Michael had forgotten to tell Jerry that I'd be coming with an envelope full of checks um, from fundraising. And, uh, and Jerry had never met me. So when I came running up to him at the gate, he thought I was trying to serve him with a subpoena and ran away from me. And Jerry, was, and from that point on, over the years, I was always amazed. Everybody knew him as the guy on the Wild TV show, but I knew him as a guy who had just amazing political prowess and constantly thinking about policy and what policies were wrong, what policies needed to be changed, being able to articulate those policies and, contri- uh, and critique them all the way to this, the tiniest detail. He, a very serious political mind that, I mean, I just, far too many don't know him that way. I wish they did. And, you know, he did start out working for Robert Kennedy's ill-fated 1968 campaign for president. And and that constant political thinking ideas guy was always there, always, every time I saw him. Rest in peace, Jerry Springer. Now, Alex, where should we get started? Well, and
1: one, no, one more note on Jerry before we get to new, the big news this week. You know, I, a lot of people actually that work on this pod have have worked for jerry in various capacities and, and you see this going around today a lot everyone kind of loved him and no kind of like he was a good guy to work for a good guy to be around and, and you can always tell by like what the staff say and it is it, it just pretty clear that, that that we really lost a giant today that i i think people in the political world might not fully appreciate so thanks for doing that joe so joe we we do have to get probably the most important story of the week and no. I'm not talking about Tucker Carlson getting fired, which I hope we will get to today. But thankfully, it's not the most important thing. A- after weeks of rumblings, you heard everything about who a campaign manager might be, getting the rest of the staff together. You heard rumor a video was being shot. Joe Biden has officially announced he's running for reelection Again, I don't think anyone has thought this was a surprise, but there's a lot going on under the hood, I think, both tactically and, and stuff from his announcement that you know, you and I were talking about pre-show a little bit. We really thought it would be important to dive into because I'm not sure it's quite clear to everyone yet exactly why he's taking the tone he's taking and some of the things they've done so far. Joe, what do you make of all of it? From a as someone who's run presidential campaigns before, I,
0: you know, I it just all of the hand wringing and things that were going on or still some of them still happening uh, are just ridiculous. I mean, even the question of like, would he do it? Would he run? I mean, those folks. What what president who's won the biggest number? of popular votes in the history of America wouldn't be running for re-election. Why wouldn't they? For, you know, I mean, it's it's just, of course he's running. Of course he always was going to run. And he's got a really good track record. So I, I just never understood any of that. I think, you know, the key, and I think people are starting to pick up on it in the announcement uh, video, that it's something that we've been trying to talk about, I've been talking about for a couple of years, that, you know, words are important. And that he he's get, he get gets it. And that's why he, that video talks about freedom, uh, rights and liberty. And I think that's going to be the big contrast. More freedom versus less freedom. You know, personal freedom is fundamental to who we are as Americans, Joe Biden says. And immediately contrasts it with the extremist MAGA opposition and what they're doing you know, on abortion, all kinds of things to restrict people's freedoms or deny them completely. So I think, you know, that's the, that's the, I think the contrast that we really weren't, I mean, when you go back and look at it, you know, Trump 2020 and the contrast with Biden, that same MAGA extremism, but it wasn't articulated this way because, you know, Biden was still I think a lot of the country and Biden and the administration were still sort of like, look, we, you know, we need to solve things, that there are two parties that would work together to get things done. Now, there were four or five Republicans who occasionally would vote for really important bipartisan bills like infrastructure and other things that happened. But I think it was still, he was still trying to reach across. Now, I think people have come to the conclusion that we've been talking about here on the show for literally the two years. No, it's not. It's a you know uh, it's the threat of authoritarian MAGA controlled uh, anti democracy party that literally wants to look at what they're doing with the debt ceiling. Really, literally, is willing to destroy the economy, anything to use it to take power, to 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 force a divide here. And I think the Biden campaign, it's clear, gets this and is now articulating that contrast that it's the mega extreme authoritarian, the threat to our freedoms, and and putting it now in a very pro-freedom. And and the, the other interesting thing I think people need to understand is, listen to how Joe Biden talks about it. He doesn't say they're trying to take away LGBTQ rights. He says that, that they're trying to take away rights, but he says What we want is the freedom, you should have the freedom to love who you want. It's a very different way to talk about this in the aspirational against those who would threaten the LGBTQ community, or this is what I'm saying, they're the threat to different communities in our country. Biden is talking about, in a very broad American sense of freedom, that you should have the freedom to love who you want. You should have the freedom to be who your best self is. Even if people don't agree with what that is, you should have the freedom to do it. And I think that's how, it, I think the, the lesson here is to follow his lead. Uh, and I think particularly for like the young people out there uh, who are so on fire and want to, you know, to get you know, bold ideas to fix every problem. Now, I think, Fighting in the language that Biden is putting out will get us there a hell of a lot faster because it'll bring more people to our cause and to fighting the extremist MAGA agenda if that's what we're for. We're for the, the, the way he talks about the same exact subjects, but he talks about it in this video. The video really puts it, in pretty clear terms, the language of freedom, rights, and liberty—that I think is what—a big opening for the Democratic Party to seize that ground and the pro-democracy movement to seize that ground, because as we've talked about on the show before, the cult right had—you you, know—had sort of basically they'd grabbed the flag and patriots and all that language, uh, and and you know they're they, they want uh, freedom their way. And that means restricting people's rights and banning books. I mean, it's it's the freedom to read what you want to read, unencumbered. I mean, all this he is expressing this now in 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 freedom, in a way that's different from I think how a lot of us in the Democratic Party talk about the very same things, but in a way that limits and sort of almost divides. We can bring people together in support of what Joe Biden's talking about. I think this is the way to get to 55% if we, if we all understand the language of where we're moving to and where he wants to take us.
1: Well, and you and I talk about this all the time. It's like the classic question that we had in 2017. How do you get Republicans in Alabama to vote for a Democrat? How do you build what we call like a permission structure to get people there and and, and kind of break down some of the intrinsic barriers they have? And the way that he's talking about it in this video and the way he's talked about it for the last couple of months and and throughout his, really his presidency has been this way that, that allows people to make of it what they want, like you're saying. So when he talks about freedom to all these different audiences, he doesn't really have to change it that much because it, 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 it means you can kind of take what it means for yourself and say, yeah, okay, now it's, do I believe him or not? Not do I agree with this message or that? Like it's. Really interesting how he's going to be able to to build that bridge. I, I do think Joe, is the contrast. It's kind of like he's talking. He's there talking about freedom. Uh, you saw the Republican legislature in Montana threw out a, a sitting representative for being trans and, and disagreeing with their trans ban. You know they do want to do genital checks on on high school athletes, and then don't even get me started on Ron DeSantis.
0: Yeah, yeah, DeSantis and Disney. You know, and at least. With Disney filing the lawsuit, you know you have Disney. I, I, I let their their uh, listen to this because it it sort of lays it all out. Disney regrets that it has come to this, but having exhausted efforts to seek a resolution, the company is left with no choice but to file this lawsuit to protect its cast members, guests, and local development partners from a relentless campaign to weaponize government power against Disney in retaliation for expressing a political viewpoint unpopular with certain state officials so this is this is supposed to be the the party that doesn't you know that doesn't want regulation of company you know wants to deregulate and here they are the relentless weaponizing of government power this is how far this has gone um and you know it's like the that's why i think this is a big Big opening.
1: You know, it, Joe, there was a really good article by Anand Giri Haradas in the the Inc. newsletter, which we'll link to in the show notes. Um, you know, and something you and I have talked to before, too, it, it's this whole idea that it used to be that the right in America would talk about freedom as basically the idea to be left alone. Like you said, limited government, limited government interference. But it's basically completely changed since Reagan, right? Absolutely. Trump destroyed that.
0: The idea that, that the right has anything to do with freedom, or destroy the idea of freedom itself from the right's perspective. you know, his rhetoric is all, strong man, he needs to solve your problems for you. You know, uh, I think a quote in that uh, that piece, uh, "Today's Republicans tell their adherents that they live in a world of forces that do run them, and only a powerful ruler can interrupt that. It's only a powerful ruler that can overcome these forces uh, that they no longer are in control. And, you know, that's, that's not an American ideal at all. I mean, our idea of freedom is we can overcome any. It, and I think Biden's been saying that he'll say, you know, there's nothing we can't do. We all come together. But I think, I think the idea of putting it in the context of freedom, that, that word has a lot of power I think it was Celinda Lake uh who said that uh in, in the polling that she's done test that that freedom really tests pretty well. It's the one idea that cuts across Republicans, independents. And I'm talking about rank and file now, not 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 the, right. the leadership of Trump and the Tucker Carlsons of the they're, they're trying to destroy that because that's how they take power and control. But you know, Biden is it's it's a very interesting thing, but his framing is is literally pretty Reagan-esque. Actually, um, is that in that everything is a battle for freedom, and that's something that that Democrats, you know, have a real opportunity here to reclaim that concept of, of freedom given up given given because the ultra MAGA GOP is running away from that. I mean, they 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 want to ban abortions. They want to, um, like, you, you, you know, I mean, you see it to taking on Disney, just the different, you know, unfet, you should have the freedom to live without fear of gun violence breaking out in a school or a synagogue or a church. It's a totally different way of even changing turning the gun debate. You know, they want their, their Second Amendment rights. Well, no one wants to take away Second Amendment rights. We just want universal background checks, get rid of all the loopholes. So that, I mean, it's all, they're, they're, so that people have the freedom to live, you know, without worrying about getting shot or worried that when they send their kid to school, that they're going to see them later in the day without worrying about it all day long. I mean, there's just, I just think there's ways that I think Biden is signaling that how he's talking about it. And what I hope, Happens is that progressives, particularly the, the 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 more left in the party, but everybody from moderates on down, conservative Democrats, Independents, too, and and Republicans who oppose Trump and the authoritarian MAGA uh, cult. I think picking up the language that he's leading on, and this did happen, by the way, with Reagan in the eighties. He Really was a spokesperson for freedom in a way that that one, everybody started to pick up. And two, it attracted the younger generation uh of Americans at that time. And still that's a group that today is, you know, the now the base of the party. It stayed with them the whole way, but it totally turned. I mean, they wouldn't the same people who, who followed Reagan wouldn't vote for him today against Trump, right? So that. Whole co. There's a whole group of people, I think, that instead of kind of language that buys into the fears that Tucker Carlson and Trump and whether you know and Fox doesn't matter whether Tucker's there or not, they're gonna. We'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. But they're what I'm saying is they're going to to use our language to stoke fear. And that's why when you get a defund the police statement or, you know, you know, those kinds of things, why they can stoke that fear and keep people that would come to us, you, you know, from doing it and make a raise close. I, re, I think the re, way you get to 55%, and Simon Rosenberg sort of sets that up as what we should all be fighting for in 2024. Don't, don't fight for 50, fight for 55. If you fight for 55, the language of being out, you, you should have the freedom to love who you want to love, to freedom to be who you're, you, you know, your best self. The freedom to live in a in a in a world where you're not worried about, you know, free of gun violence, and at least a government that is trying that is actually doing something, uh, instead of on uh, gun violence, instead of like just shrugging their shoulders and oh, there's nothing. We're not only is there nothing we can do. We're not going to do it. I think it's talking about that, that contrast, more freedom, not less. More freedom, not less, in which Biden and, and the pro-democracy coalition is the more freedom It's a pro-freedom freedom coalition. Yeah, yeah. For, for, pro-freedom coalition is going to, to just roll over the less freedom uh, MAGA crowd. And I, that's the, the that's the contrast now that I think is stark. And I think the Biden uh, video and his early messaging, if that's what's being signaled, I am like, yeah, baby, that's what we've been talking about for two years. He did it sort of at the end of 2022. Um, I do think it made a difference, but this is much better language, I think, and and a a smarter contrast that I think makes the divide and what the stakes are very, very
1: clear. I have a follow-up, but I just need to make sure my cat isn't drinking soapy water. Can we leave that in? I think that's funny. Joan, now that we basically have the field set, and like you said, there's a pretty clear battlefield on the word freedom. What are you seeing tactically from both sides so far? Because, by the way, people are buying ads right now.
0: Oh, yeah. Look, the, well, the good news is that I think both, both DeSantis and Trump are spending on TV. I, I know. <laughs> against the, the, against the, each the, other. I think that's a good thing. And, and I think it's really a good thing because I think, by, uh, you know, we've talked about this. Trump's going to be the nominee. Uh, and, and if he isn't, I think the, you know, whoever it is, we've talked about it, isn't going to be able to, to mount much of a campaign because Trump will will be out, he'll hate them more than he hates Biden. You know, he'll want revenge on them more than he wants revenge on Biden. And I think his MAGA cult folks will too. So I also think that the way Biden entered the race, I mean, first of all, I think the press got the whole thing wrong, you know, that he was positioning against Trump. No, he was positioning against the MAGA, anti-democratic, less freedom cult and whoever its leader is which right now happens to be Trump but whoever would be the nominee if it's DeSantis whoever, whoever it is is going to have to be the leader of that cult right so i i think it was the positioning contrast with maga extremism but i do think that in doing it the way they did it in the video and the way the announcement happened that it helps Trump solidify the, I think he gets stronger. I think it makes it, it it helps solidify the party, uh, the mega crowd around Trump. And every poll shows that it's not close. And, you know, you you can see more and more of the established, more and more members of establishment, more and more members of Congress uh, and others falling in line. And so, you know, I think, in terms of Biden announcing when he did and the way he did it, and Trump's like, oh my God, oh, way over the top
1: response, but who wouldn't, who, who, who right. wouldn't have been able to, to foresee that? It strikes me that, that you put out a three-minute video that, by all accounts, was calm. It, it wasn't personal. It wasn't. A, right. It wasn't even about Biden, right? He made it about the people watching it. It just strikes me that all Joe Biden had to do was put out a three-minute video, and you got all those insane, truth social videos that were just like, I, "Look, yeah, if that if that's how this race is going to be, this is going to be a wild but advantage advantage Democrats ride."
0: Yeah. So you know, Brown, Ron Brownstein, you know, tweeted that uh, in a new poll, neatly. Did a new poll, uh, I think it was PBS uh, NewsHour uh, Maris poll, uh, sums up the GOP situation heading into 2024. Right, 63 percent of Republicans say they want a second Trump term, even if he's found guilty of a crime. So one more time, 63 percent. Just 21 percent of Indies Independents think that's a good idea. They'd be they'd still vote for him. So that's 79 percent of independents are like, no, not so much. 24 percent of non-whites, 27 percent of those under 45, and 17, I mean, with an explanation mark, 17, only 17 percent of college-educated whites would agree that they'll vote for the guy if he's found guilty of a crime. So you've got six, that's how solid his hold on the party is. Yeah, 63 is is not a number that's going to help you in a general election, but damn it, that's, if, if you got 63% of Republicans who will vote for a second term of Trump, even if he's found guilty of a ton, of a crime, well, I mean, I guess, look, what, I think DeSantis needs to go get arrested, right? Because if he can get arrested maybe and be found guilty of a crime, maybe they'll be for him too. Who It's insane what this is, how this is all going to play out. He- Trump is going to be the nominee. So you've got Biden versus Trump. And I mean, I think that's just the way this is going to happen. And by the way, well, what if he gets into it? Well, we just saw 63% of Republicans say they'll vote for him for a second term if he's found guilty. So that's not going to change anything. right? Nothing
1: else has. I got to ask. And I'm I don't blame me. I am just the vessel. We got four emails this week on this one. Which is pretty high. All basically saying, "Is this the, same the one that's going to piss me off?" Oh yeah. Okay. Well. Wow. But Joe Biden's too old, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Uh,
0: all that. First of all, this is all just again the the stupid insanity of the press corps today. Um, you know, chasing down like all the stuff that you could say, but but you you know that you could focus on, but I mean a for instance there's like a 3 year difference between Biden and Trump i mean they're both going to be in their 80s uh if one of them whoever wins will be in their 80s uh, during their presidency you know and i just think it's it's crazy it's just dumb it's lazy reporting it's lazy asking of questions that no one you know first of all let's go back to 2016 has the press learned nothing those 2016 Everybody in punditry, uh, uh, all of them said his in the polling said his best day will be the day he announces that he'll never be the nominee, that he was too old, too boring, wasn't bold enough. By the way, that drumbeat got even bigger as he lost Iowa and New Hampshire. You know, he'd be out of the race by South Carolina. Okay, What happened in
1: South Carolina? Yeah, but
0: well. The bigger thing is what happened is he got the nomination and he became president of the United States, defeating Trump, something Hillary Clinton didn't do, okay? So all this hand-wringing about, well, wait, why would the party go with the guy who beat Trump, who won more votes than anybody in history who ran for president, who has done a pretty damn good job? I mean, you know, jobs... Again, I mean, it's just amazing the economic record coming out of uh, out of yeah, a very bad hand that got dealt on pandemic and other things, Russia invading Ukraine, and I'm not saying it's all been seamless, but hell, he's done one hell of a job, and the infrastructure bills and and I think yeah, the the economy I think is still I believe will do much better than you know the same thing will happen the the every everybody hanging on every last new report to signal whether we're going into a recession or not they'll do that it all be a lot of this is going to end up being the, the same thing as the 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 um the big red wave that was going to come i mean like yeah you, no one wants him to run cuz of his age bullshit first of all the other thing is as biden says himself don't measure him against the almighty measure him by the, you know, who's the actually, alternative. yeah, who yeah. the alternative really is. That's how, that's what happens in a campaign. You know, is there an alternative when faced with Bernie Sanders and Biden or who, you know, Mayor Pete, they pick Biden. When, fa- uh, when faced with, okay, it's Biden versus Trump, the American people picked Biden. Every poll out there, um, by the way, I think the, 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 the the best thing is to look under the hood on those numbers that all say, well, we don't want Biden to run. We don't want Trump to run. I don't like either one of them. Okay, folks, just for the record, the last They're poll both it, running. Yeah, the one <laughs> they're both running. But no, you know what's really crazy about this is there's polls where they ask the question, okay, they're both running. You, d- you didn't want either one of them to run. You don't like either one of them. Who are you? Who will you vote for? Okay. It was 54% of those people. I'm talking about the people who don't who don't approve of either one of them. 54% of those people pick Biden. 14% picked Trump. So, in other words, yeah, it is not some you know, dream, he's not running against JFK or Ronald Reagan, right? I mean, yeah, you know, who knows what those numbers would look like. By the way, neither is Trump, although I suspect Trump would beat Reagan in the in the Republican primary. MAGA don't like Reagan anymore, I guess. But my point is, yeah, it's about, and, and I think uh, Biden's made this point several times, it's about that contrast. It is more freedom versus less freedom. Now let's go ask, the, the American people, where they want more freedom or less freedom, and and if the Republicans nominate someone who appears to really represent less freedom, like look, let's let's look at Desantis. They nominate him. Here's a guy going after Disney and a mouse, you know, banning books, a uh, banning six week ban on abortion. That's less freedom, guys. That's less freedom, folks. Biden's talking about the freedom to love who you want. The freedom to have to 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 survive in a world with less gun violence, the free. I mean, we'll just we can just keep doing this. Um, this contrast, that's the contrast. And when you put it in that way, we're already in a situation where right. people choose Biden if they if they have that if they're you know in both camps of not liking either one. We know by a factor of three almost four to one they pick Biden. I'll take that fight. Let's go make that yep. fight. And let's and, and I keep saying, look, we got to do the work. Damn it, we got to do the work. Can't take anything for granted. These people are going to do everything they can. Change laws, you know, try to try to put alternate electoral college slates out there uh to be sworn in and all that crap. They're going to do all that. We got to stop them. We got to you, you know, we've got people out there. We've got to do the work on the street, get the vote out. But right now, I think I, as Simon Rosenberg likes to say, I'd rather be us than them.
1: Well, I'm glad you mentioned what they're going to try to do. Before we get to Tucker, I just want to very briefly point out that I'm pretty sure either you or Tom Edsel had some kind of a crystal ball when we had him on, and he started talking about how, you know, how polite the the next coup is going to look, and, and that quote from Rich Hassan that I really like a couple of days after we recorded that episode uh Lauren Windsor got some audio from an RNC donor retreat which I don't think Tom was invited to but he called it um basically yeah. the the main attorney that I I call her the coup architect Cleta Mitchell who is kind of the legal force behind a lot of the just crazy tactics that the Trump campaign used last time and 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 one of the minds behind the whole get to pence overthrow pence whatever um she said, and I, this, this quote is is pretty. Un- oh, one more thing. She was on the perfect phone call. Yeah. Don't want to leave that out. Where where Trump had asked Brad Raffensberger to just quote find him some votes in Georgia. Right. She well, said
0: no, he, he had a very specific number of votes he wanted yeah. to find. <laughs> okay. Sorry. She just said one more than we need. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
1: <laughs> Whenever anyone starts telling you that they're worried about democracy or protect democracy or they've got democracy in their name. Those are not friends of ours, and I had to read that like three or four times, and I was like, "I, I look, I know a closed door meeting, but my goodness, that is something to to decide to say out loud, isn't it?" Yeah,
0: no, because your friends are those who want to end democracy and rig this, you know, basically have legislatures decide, say, "Oh no, that that, that vote wasn't uh, wasn't done in a legal way. The legislature laid out, therefore, we're we're doing our own slate." Um, and and as uh, Hassan and and I think Etzel pointed out, you know, the next coup will be will happen with legal briefs that quote Thomas Jefferson. So that's clearly part of what they're doing. That's what I'm saying. We have to, there's plenty of work to be done here. Right. First of all, we have to expose that stuff every time we see it. Etzel and Hassan and others. We we've got you know fight in, in the courts and in in legal battles. But again, this gets back to I think the idea we've been talking about on a whole bunch of issues now about the Senate holding hearings on on democracy on on media's impact on democracy I mean, so that you could you could bring her in uh subpoena her and ask her what the hell that was about uh subpoena Rupert Murdoch and Tucker Carlson uh and all the people who didn't have to testify because of the Dominion settlement and Get bring in some of these, you know, some of these folks that have been, you know, changing the laws to restrict, you know, voting rights hearings. I mean, I just think we have. It's the one, and, and this is originated with with Um, uh, I mean, he he brought it up on the the podcast episode that we had him on, um, and he wasn't talking at the time about Murdoch and Tucker. I want to make clear about that. He was talking about holding to at the time holding Senate hearings on the threat to democracy and really expose you know call these people in uh, that are out there you know really doing everything they can to obstruct voting rights and to to change laws so that the electoral college works for them not for not for democ- democracy i thought it was a really good idea and i think every day we find another group of people that they ought to do a hearing on but i think it's the one power source where we can do televised hearings, and I think we've got to get this stuff out in the open. I think more and more of it is coming out in the open. One of the things I, I keep saying is we, you know, we spent two years saying it's, if they keep doing the crazy, we keep doing the work. It's now the crazy is getting more and more dangerous, more and more violent, right? More and more dangerous to the country and to 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 people's freedoms. I think Biden's. The way he launched the campaign, I think it it makes it clear he intends to make that case. And I think it might make sense. You know, I, I think that one has to hope that the Senate is a place where we can have legitimate hearings that expose what's really going on here and that this right. really
1: is a fight for the soul of the nation. So speaking of exposed, we can't leave without talking about Tucker Carlson being fired. I, I think our listeners would probably revolt. Um, it just felt right to write out these show notes, but a pretty big surprise on Monday. And I, it, from what we hear, Tucker didn't even see it coming. He got fired Monday, which meant Friday was his last show. He even said on Friday, like, see you Monday. It, it, Joe, but there's a bigger point here that gets to what some of what you were just talking about than just Tucker getting fired here about Fox. But wanted your thoughts on this before we wrap.
0: Look, I think I, I I will not be surprised if, if Tucker runs for president. He is in my view the one guy who could give Trump a run for his money. I mean, if he, he ran, I mean, if you look at the the video that the RNC, the AI, this is the other thing. You got a party that like his it, for the last like 6 years has lied, 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 nothing real about it, lying all the time, nothing true. And their big comeback to the Biden video is AI generated because <laughs> I guess real human being. I mean, so it, it's even it's fake. It, nothing about it's true, right? It, of course that makes sense. But my point is, if you watch that AI video, it's Tucker Carlson coming straight at you. You you know I mean it's hate and vile scare tactics about stuff that isn't real. That's gonna come get you in the future somewhere. AI says so. You know, if, if the RNC is basically running Tucker Carlson's narrative straight at you, and it, it's that narrative every night that basically I'm rooting for Putin, all that crap that he did reminds you of somebody else, a guy named Trump, he's like the real deal there for them. I mean, he's somebody that, unlike DeSantis, doesn't hold office doesn't have a, you know, he, he's not part of the government, never has been part of the government, you know, and, uh, you know, the, which is something, you know, that Trump rails about against, and and so will Tucker. I think Tucker's the the only real threat out there. I know I've said a few minutes ago, hey, Trump's going to be the nominee. I, look, I, I was at MSNBC, I was at CBS Evening News, I was at Fox, I was at CNN. When I started out at MSNBC... I think it was like 2004, 2005, Tucker Carlson was at MSNBC, and he was like the reasonable Republican, you, you know, just slightly right of center, you know, reasonable conservative. You get to, you know, the guy we've been seeing, you know, who's just doing massive hate and lies, urging Putin on against Ukraine, all the crazy stuff he was doing. He, The one thing I've become convinced of he doesn't believe in a damn thing. The only thing he believes in is him himself, how much money he can make, how much power well, he can. Who else is his... like that? Right. Yeah. And that seems exactly. to be an appeal. And so his, you know, his whole thing at Fox was to become the most powerful anchor there, right? Well, now he's gone. So where is he going to? Yes, he can go start his own thing, and I'm sure he'll do well. I mean, there'll be plenty of people who, who flock to his online thing or whatever he ends up doing, or do it, you know if he goes to Newsmax or something. But he's got to think you know, that he could do this. Now, and you remember throughout last, most of the last couple of years, I would like say, you know, jokingly, he would say something and I would say, like, you know, tweet, he's running, you know, that that I really thought I I've always thought deep down he might make a run for the for the presidency. Now, then, you know, I get a lot of when I say that, I get a lot of people, oh no, there's so much Fox has so much crap on him. Well, look at all the crap people have on Donald Trump. It hasn't slowed him down. It's a, Oh, they've got some, he, he harassed or, or, you know, was abusive language against a, you know, a a senior Fox uh, official who I think, or women underneath him or, or underlings. Yeah. That'll boy. I'm sure he'd be worried about that. Right. I mean, you know, but why, I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, that, I mean, actually help him. Right. So, I just think the, the one thing I'm, uh, I, would, I would not be surprised by out of all this is if he decided to make a run for it. And I don't, mean, I don't mean like go hide, I mean run for president. If that happens, though, gosh, I think the fight between him and Trump will be an amazing, you know, make the DeSantis the Trump fight, you know, it, at least it'd be, I think it would be the only real threat I see to Trump. Uh, although i still think it would have the same outcome okay he beats trump then you know trump again is not going to go hold tucker carlson's hand up in the air and join him and 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 tell all his maga cult the, whatever remains with him to to go vote for tucker right he's going to i always thought trump is in the in the mode of if i can't have her no one can and he will take out whoever beats him if in the event that he gets beat i don't think that's going to happen i don't think he can be beat the one guy, if I were the Trump people, I'd be worried about is Tucker.
1: You know, Joe, you're not the only one who, who's who been thinking about the potential of a Tucker Carlson run. Uh, Stuart Stevens had a really good tweet. I know uh, Rick Wilson said some funny things, too. But Stewart said, I assume Tucker Carlson will run for president. He's the ideal GOP candidate. White, inherited wealth, has failed repeatedly, is a pathological liar, loves Putin. Hates women, calls himself a Christian, has a weird obsession with the sexual orientation of others. He's a natural.
0: Yep, that's my point. I'm telling you, I think in the end he won't, but I won't be surprised. I just will not be surprised, Alex. I think he is, again, it was like blind ambition at Fox. It was like he knew what he needed to say to feed that audience. And it was all about being number one it was all about beating Hannity. It was about, it was about, you know, having the bigger audience and the, and the power, almost so much power that he thought he could get away with anything there. Um, That he was untouchable. He was too big to fail. Right. And, and they got rid of him. And I think that that only helps him if he decides to go.
1: Well, Joe, that I think wraps us for the day
0: cool thanks alex and thanks everyone for listening to that trippy show a reminder this podcast will always be free and is now part of resolute square check out the latest at resolutesquare.com slash trippy please subscribe to that trippy show and leave a review on apple or wherever you listen you can always send us a question to that trippy show at gmail.com or leave us a question in the review on itunes see you next week In America, it's estimated that 4% of people in prison are actually innocent. When I saw them for the very first time, like I knew who my jury was going to be doing trial. To be honest, I knew I lost then. In 2002, the state of Georgia found Kerry guilty for his alleged involvement in a vicious rape. Only a small percentage of those people have their convictions overturned.
1: You know, as one great justice said uh, many years ago, we don't find our witnesses from church pews.
0: What series of events led to Carey's
1: wrongful conviction? Could this happen to anyone? What finally convinced the courts to overturn his conviction? From Zapier, in partnership with the Georgia Innocence Project, this is The 4%. Listen
0: anywhere you get your podcasts or visit zapier.com forward slash resources forward slash podcasts to learn more.